بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده سبحانه وتعالى ونستهديه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله تعالى فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وحبيبه بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وكشف الله عز وجل به الغمة وجاهد في سبيل ربه حتى أتاه اليقين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد الحمد لله بعد الإسلام Many of you are aware we are approaching a very, very important season for each and every Muslim. The Muslim of Hajj or the first 10 days of the month of the Hijjah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my brothers, He is the one who designed and created this universe. And he subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that designed and created time. He subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that made certain seasons preferred over others. And certain days more important than other days. And certain nights more important than other nights. And to a certain extent, I'm talking now as an ummah. So as an ummah to a certain extent, there is, alhamdulillah rabbil alameen, some importance that has been emphasized in us religiously from a young age about the month of Ramadan, the best 10 nights of the year, the last 10 nights of Ramadan. But as we always remind around the season, around this time, the majority of the ummah, the vast majority of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when this season comes that we are approaching <coughs> I can comfortably say more than 95% of the ummah are completely in ghafla they are like just normal days so I wanted to talk a bit today about where the Muslims heart should be Ya brothers, ya shababna, ya habayb, ya hilween. So I wanted to emphasize my brothers and my sisters about where the Muslim heart should be, what feelings and emotions and preparations we should all have. First of all, my brothers, When the season of Hajj approaches, each and every single Muslim, male and female, should at minimum, at minimum, have in his heart a strong, genuine need and want and desire to respond to the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and actually go perform Hajj. As our Mashaykh say, wanting, loving, loving Hajj is a byproduct of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made uh, daily ibadat on daily basis, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls us to the masjid five times a day. But as a Muslim, there are some yearly ibadat. Yearly, yearly, only once a year you can respond to this call or not respond. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered Ibrahim alayhi salam to build the Kaaba or raise the Kaaba on the qawaad, on the foundations that were already there, after Ibrahim alayhi salam and Ismail alayhi salam built the Kaaba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered Ibrahim alayhi salam to call Adhan. So Adhan was made. And Allah said this, وَأَذِّنْ فِي النَّاسِ بِالْحَجِّ يَأْتُوكَ رِجَالًا وَعَلَى كُلِّ ضَامِرٍ Ya Ibrahim, make adhan and call people for hajj. Hajj baytillah. They will come walking and they will come on every animal. يَأْتُوكَ رِجَالًا يعني على الأرجل Not رجالًا يعني من some people think رجالًا يعني من الرجال here means يعني by foot يَأْتُوكَ رِجَالًا وَعَلَى كُلِّ ضَامِرٍ يَأْتِينَ مِنْ كُلِّ فَجٍّ عَمِيقٍ They will come from every deep and distant corner basically يَأْتُونَ يَأْتِينَ مِنْ كُلِّ فَجٍّ عَمِيقٍ so Ibrahim alayhi salam was in the desert and you know when he built the Kaaba, no one, there was no one there. So Ibrahim alayhi salam said, Oh Allah, who's going to hear my adhan? You want me to call adhan in the middle of the desert? Who's going to hear my adhan? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, Ya Ibrahim alayka al-adhan wa alayna al-balad. You call the adhan and we will make it reach the ears of people and the hearts of people. So every single year, Every single year, when the time of Hajj comes, when these months approach, when these months approach, it is as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling you. And the call of Allah is falling on deaf ears and dead hearts. Some people can't hear the adhan. They can't hear the adhan of Hajj. They are death. And some hearts are not healing, they're not listening or receiving the call of Hajj, because the hearts are dead. We're busy. We haven't, we have, we're hearing other calls. There's a call from Malaysia. You know the Malaysian call, Langkawi? There's a Malaysian call around Christmas break. There's a Maldives call. There's an entrance, especially the Lebos. There's an entrance call. You know, around, you know, holiday season. The entrance is calling. And also the Kaaba, the house of Allah, Baytullah al-Haram, is also calling. Huh? There's a Cairo call, of course. Family call. But there's a call for 
Hajj. And it's falling on dead hearts and deaf ears. People are busy in dunya, busy making money, busy doing other things in life, holidays, this, that, accumulating, whatever. And people say, brother, ah, but I, I thought, you know, I thought Hajj is fard once in the lifetime. Same argument, the same, you know. The same, the same disease, the same common, disgusting response. Oh, brother, I thought, well, Hajj is only fard once in the lifetime. Yeah, brother, you know what's, you know what's not fard? Also, buying a house is not fard. Is buying a house fard? Is buying a granny flat or buying, you know, a nice car fard? How come you're doing all these extras, mashallah, for dunya without being ibadah offered? Because the nafs wants it. A man came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, Prophet of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made hajj compulsory on us. Should you do hajj every year? So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, your Prophet, my Prophet, our teacher, what was his response? Imagine you, Imagine you, Umar or Muhammad or Taha, whatever, went to Rasulullah and said, Prophet Allah, should I do Hajj every year? Do you know what your Prophet did when someone asked this? You know what he did? He turned his face around. He just walked away. He never responded. He, walked, he, turned, he turned around, ignored the guy. So the man went again from the other direction. Oh, Prophet of Allah, every year? So Prophet Allah turned, turned around again. Then a third time he went and asked فَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ If I say yes, it will become compulsory on all my ummah. If I say yes, it will become compulsory on all my ummah. He didn't want it to become... Imagine if Hajj was fard on all the ummah every year. Ya Latif. But what did Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam want us to do? What did the Sahaba radiallahu anhum of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do? The closest students, the one that lived with him, understood exactly how he lived, what he wanted. What did his wives, the mothers of believers radiallahu ta'ala anhunna do? It was unheard of that Hajj season would come. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum would leave Hajj. Men, women, Hajj season came. They all had this love of worshipping Allah, especially knowing and understanding the reward. Ya Ammi, don't worry about Fard and Sunnah now. Imagine you know as a Muslim that was created in this dunya to worship Allah. Your main target in life is to please Allah. And you know that there's a gathering soon that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves so much that He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the hadith, in the authentic hadith, man hajja falam yarfuth walam yafsuq raja'aka yawmi waladathu ummu. Anyone who does hajj and in his hajj, he does not indulge in loose talk does not fall in sin and fisk and haram, he returns back home exactly like his mother gave birth to him. 
Yani you you wipe your slate clean. No sin. You start you start from scratch. It's a completely white slate, and now you're starting, you know, you're starting from scratch. Who in his right mind? Who, my brothers, in his right mind would miss this opportunity? Who, my brothers? Imagine, imagine if we were to turn the things around and make Hajj a dunya visit. Whoever goes to Hajj will come back with a million dollars. Would anyone say, Wallah, this year I'm busy? Malish Wallah, this year I got some work. I got stuck. I got stuck at work, Sheikh. Would anyone say that? Wallah, this year, Sheikh, I don't know, man, it's not. I didn't, I like, you know, I. It came, it came suddenly, I wasn't prepared. Next year, inshallah. Wallah al Azim, your wife will divorce you. Wallah Azim, your father will disown you. Million dollars! <coughs> but forgiveness of sins and elevation of ranks and tawaf and sa'i and standing on Arafat. And every salah is worth 100,000 in the haram. And if you go to Medina, every salah is worth a thousand. This all really, really, Allah knows. You say, I say, whatever you want to say, say. Allah knows that these things in our hearts mean nothing. Hence the state that we're in. Hence, the, and that's why Hajj comes. Oh, Allah, Allah. Sahaba radiallahu anhu, my brothers, they loved the worship of Allah. And they loved responding to the adhan of Ibrahim alayhi And this is why whenever you go to Hajj, Soon as you put your ahram clothes on and make the intention of Hajj, what do you say? You start saying, Labbayka. Labbayka Allahumma labbayk. What, 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 what the hell does that mean? Labbayka Allahumma labbayk means, it means, Ya Allah, here I am responding to your call. When someone says to you, Ya Umar, in Arabic we say, Labbayk. Yes, I'm here. What do you want, what do you want from me? In the hadith, Ya Abadhar, the Prophet says, Ya Abadhar, Qala Labbayka Ya Rasulullah. Yes, Ya Rasul, I'm here. What do you want from me? So, Labbaik in Arabic language means I'm here responding to your call. Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik. Labbaik, la sharika laka Labbaik. Inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk. La sharika lak. That's the dhikr of this nusuk, of this ibadah. When you're going for Umrah or you're going for Hajj. We are responding to the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep this place alive. To keep this place alive and to keep Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala worshipped in Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur. So every single Muslim in his heart, at least at bare minimum, must have the want, the desire, the pleading, the begging, the crying in tahajjud. Ya Allah, please, Ya Allah, do not deprive me of Hajj this year. Ya Allah, please, allow me to go to your house this year. Accept me amongst the Hujjaj this year. Make the asbab, make the means of me going to Hajj easy, whatever it is. Visas or money or situation, 
Ya Allah, you are the disposer of all affairs. Anta al-wakeel. You are the hayya qayyum. You are the one in control of this whole universe. It's very easy for you, Allah, to invite me to Hajj this year. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts you, there is no force in this universe. No government, whether Australian, whether Saudi, whether your nationality, no passport, no money, no situation, no father, no mother. If Allah accepts you and invites you to his house, there is no force in this universe that can stop you. And if Allah Azza wa Jal does not invite you, there is no power and there is no force that can make you go to Hajj. And wallahi, my brothers, we have seen this not once, not twice, live with our eyes. Wallahi. One of the years, I remember vividly, there was a brother, I think it was the year, from memory, from memory, maybe 2008, 2009, something like this. Maybe 2009. I remember this Hajj vividly. Why? Because there were two brothers. One brother's name was Abdul, and one's name was Adil. I'm not going to mention family names. Abdul was so keen from the beginning of the year to go to Hajj. Booked, planned, Money, when we announced the hash package, he was the first name there. With his money, cash and ready. He got the first visa. First approval. Everything, everything was looking smooth for Abdul. And subhanAllah, a few days before our travel, something came up and he could not come hajj with us this year. In the same group, in the same year, in the same year, and I'm telling you this story, Allah is my witness. In the same year, one brother who is very far away from Deen, he's not close to Deen at the time, he calls me up when 24 hours before our flight. 24 hours before our flight. He calls me up, says to me, Sheikh. Where, what's happening? This random conversation. At least, oh, how are you? I miss you. This, that. Oh, how are you, brother? He goes, What happened? He goes, Oh, well, I've said to him tomorrow I'm traveling to Hajj. He goes, Hajj? Well, I wanted to go. You wake up now, people have paid, visas have been issued, tickets have been booked. He goes, Are you sure, man? Well, I'm sure. We're traveling tomorrow. Tomorrow we're traveling. He goes to me, just call and ask. So I called the agent we were dealing with, Haj Adnan at the time. I remember the year, I remember the guy. Haj Adnan, I call Haj Adnan. I go, there's a guy. I'm just, oh man, I'm letting you know. He wants to come Haj with us tomorrow. He goes, are you serious? He goes, yeah. He goes, I don't know what, what, how, but in my whole package, this guy takes 400, 500 people to Haj. He goes, I have one visa empty. If he wants it, he has to drive the camera right now. So I called Adil. He jumped in his car after that phone call and drove straight to camera with his passport. <laughs> and he ended up coming with Hajj the And story after story after, I can't tell you the years and what happened and who. 
All what I can tell you with confidence is this. If Allah invites you, no one can stop you. And if Allah doesn't want you, Wallahi, Wallahi, I've seen not many people, not back from Australia, no, no, they traveled. They did Umrah. You know, Tamattu'ah, they did Umrah. They waiting in Mecca to do the Hajj. And then on Arafat day, something comes up and he can't make it to the mountain. He missed Hajj while he's in Mecca. A whole bus, one, one year, a whole bus got stuck. They missed Arafat day. See, if Allah invites you, Allah invites you. If Allah doesn't invite you, there's no force that can take you. But the question is me first. Imagine Allah looks in your heart, sees this abd doesn't want to come in the first place. He's not interested. He's busy making money. He's busy, you know, looking after his family, whatever, wants to upgrade their lifestyle. He's planned a different holiday. How would Allah even invite you? You don't even, <laughs> even want to be there. You even want to go. You have no intention of going. Oh, why, Sheikh? Brother, Allah. Brother, have you heard, brother? Hajj, brother, it's like 20 grand. <coughs> oh, yeah. Some people spend 20 grand on a watch. Some people are blowing 30, 40, 50k on a car. People are saying, brother, wallah, I'm doing a hajar. Next day, AMG. <coughs> La ilaha illallah, brother. You're doing a hajar. How come AMG? goes, oh, Shaykh, wallah, it's for da'wah purposes. I want people to see, you know. I want people to see how a da'i can also be rich and, you know, this. AMG means five hajjat. صح? hundred grand. And hajj five times. Five times hajj or AMG? It's an easy choice. Of course, the AMG. <laughs> Huh? If it's 20 grand, you, you're a plumber, I'm an engineer. <laughs> five hajjat. You can meet Allah with five hajjat or buy an AMG. What's. Uh... Huh? I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. The, the way we spend money, Allahu Akbar. On desires, on shahawat, on luxuries, on this, on that. And just to let you know, hajj doesn't have to be 20 grand. The only reason why hajj is 20 grand is because we are kings. When we go to hajj, we are kings. I want, I want the hotel that is, you know, I want to step outside the hotel. My right foot has to be in the haram. I want a buffet. I want morning, night, this, that. Wallahi, I don't know how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to question us on judgment day, but Subhanallah I know I was in Hajj last year and I met a brother and I thought I'm a guru, I thought I'm experienced, I know, you know I met an Egyptian guy, he's not a sheikh, nothing, his name is Ahmed He's I think 38 years old or something Assalamu alaikum, alaikum salam this, that. I jumped with him on the bus to go to Arafat. So I got him, like, what's your story, this, that. We're talking. I go, what, which number Hajj this is? Guess. It's 38, 39. Guess. He goes to me, this is my 25th Hajj. 25th Hajj. 
Alhamdulillah, every year I come. How? He, he, I thought I'm going to give him a talk. He gave me a talk. Because you're a sheikh and you're asking how. Well, what visa? He goes, no visa. He goes, I've never done a visa hajj in my life. <laughs> 25 hajjat, no visa. How? Long story, talab. Someone is genuine, someone wants, and someone doesn't want. Some people want, and some people don't want. Some people cry. We know of a, like this story I heard personally, can believe it or disbelieve it, but I heard personally from one of my mashayikh, a narration from my sheikh on his sheikh. So this is my sheikh's sheikh. I'm not going to mention his name. This sheikh was blacklisted from entering Saudi Arabia. He lived in Saudi Arabia for 40 years. He was a Saudi resident for 40 years. And then they kicked him out of the country. In the last few years of his life, in the last year of his life, I think, he wanted to do Hajj. Khalas, he missed Saudi Arabia, he goes, I want to do Hajj again. How you're blacklisted. You have, you're not allowed to enter Saudi. Your name appears like that on the screen. <laughs> you're not allowed. He made mashura with the other elders and mashayikh, and he said, go. What do you lose? And he sent you back. So he went to Saudi Arabia blacklisted. He knows he's not allowed to enter the country. As soon as he arrived, the airport system collapsed. The system collapsed. There were men stamping everyone's visas. He walked in and did this hajj. If Allah invites you, no one can stop you. And if Allah doesn't invite you, no one can stop you. No one can take you. But the problem is, my brothers, he, he. Do I have talab? Am I thirsty for this reward? Am I thirsty for this ajr? Am I dying to go hajj this year? Am I begging Allah? Am I crying to Allah? Am I at least waking up in the hajjul and making dua and saying, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, please. Allow me, find me a way, find me a means. Make the asbab easy. Oh, am I ghani? Oh, I'm not interested. And if you're not interested, khalas. Why would Allah Azza wa intervene for you? And if you're genuine, I don't see how Allah Azza wa will reject you. Who, who, my brothers, does Allah reject? Who does Allah reject? Allah doesn't reject anyone. We, we are the sin, we are the culprits. If you're genuine, Allah will accept you, inshaAllah. Allah is Akram and Akrameen. The king of kings, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The king of kings. But the problem is he, my brothers. We, as an ummah, have no talab. And then we come with these western, the stupidest, ugliest, most frustrating arguments that we keep hearing. A brother says, oh, Shaykh, do you know why I'm not going to hajj this year? It was the one that leave opportunity for someone else. MashaAllah. Man, how cute. Wallah al-Azim, you're very cute. Brother Wallahi, you know, khalas, alhamdulillah, we've done hajj. Leave opportunity for others to go. Because <laughs> in dunya, he does that. Huh? When he makes money, he says, but khalas, alhamdulillah, we've made money. Let someone else make money. He does that, sah? 
He has a shop and someone comes and opens a similar shop beside him. He's been making money for years. You have a manush shop, someone opens a manush shop next door, what happens? Blood, blood. Baba, take your business, brother, brother, this is my area. It's not drugs. Unless you've made money for 20 years, let someone else make some money. No one does that with dunya. No one does that with dunya. Now, subhanAllah, in deen, because it's cheap in our hearts, but they give an opportunity for someone else. But it's just, it just wants anywhere, any reason to get, to get the hell out of this problem. Let brother, oh, let someone else go. Or pay someone. Some people say, you know, they're rich, especially rich people. He's not better free. He doesn't have time to go hajj and, you know, three weeks and, you know, and and this. So he goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to uh, pay someone. Uh, I'm going to pay someone uh, to go and allow him an opportunity instead of me going. Brother, first of all, you can send hajj. Is a, some ibadat, we call them ibadat badaniyyah. There's some ibadat, the classification of ibadah, which is called physical ibadah. And some ibadat are called ibadat maliyyah. They are financial acts of worship. So zakah is purely financial. Whereas salah is purely physical. And some ibadat are both maliyyah and badaniyyah. There's a physical aspect and there's a financial aspect like Hajj. It has both. It's not about money only or worship only. You go with your nafs and your wealth to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's not just about the signing off. It's about the experience, the iman boost, the closeness to Allah, the repentance, the understanding you get. It's khair, it's goodness in every aspect. But the problem is in our hearts we have no talab. We have no want. We have no urge to take us there. Subhanallah. If the urge was there, the means would come. Allah Azza wa will make things easy. We will make things easy for him. He doesn't want to spend. He doesn't want to give. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't need Allah. Allah doesn't want you also. Oh people, you are the ones in need of Allah. Allah doesn't need anyone. Allah is the ghani. Allah doesn't need anyone. We need hajj. We need repentance. We, a Muslim, after one year of sin, should feel alarm bells ringing. I've stuffed up so long. I'm carrying one year of sin and haram on my back. I need hajj. To, you know, I need to clean this mess. But when the Muslim is busy on a different path, the path of dunya, the thoughts of hajj does not even cross his mind. He has other worries and other concerns and other priorities in his life. He planned other holidays. He has other commitments. This is why my brothers the Sahaba radiallahu anhum used to beg Allah Azza wa Jal every single night. They beg Allah months before hajj. Ya Allah, please allow us, allow us to go to hajj this year. 
They beg Allah, they plead to Allah. And Hajj in the past was not like our Hajj. Our Hajj, my brothers, is not five star, not seven, it's ten star. You're going to jump on a plane, Allah fly into Jeddah, you jump on another bus, half an hour you become, you find yourself in Mecca, do your Umrah, whatever, do your Tamattu', buffet in the morning, buffet at night, shopping every day, everything in the AC, comfortable this, that, you know, and then you go, tents. Hajj was hardship. People that went to Hajj from Morocco, so you understand it. The trip was one year. One year. You know what one year means? And he has to start six months before Hajj. Six months before the month of the Hijjah, they travel. In six months, they make it to Mecca and Medina. Then six months on the way back. A normal trip from Egypt, from Lebanon. The trip used to take two weeks, three weeks just there. Two weeks on the way. That's not the actual Hajj and Manasik. Just on the way. This is why you used to find some cultural aspects like when someone comes back from Hajj, ooh, the whole village was a celebration. The Hajj caravan is coming back. But now, easy come, easy go. 2023, you know, quick, quick fix. One businessman once called me. He goes, Sheikh, you go Hajj, you go, yeah, inshallah. Because I want to come, but do I have to do the whole three weeks? Can I just, you know? Can I come on the day of Arafat <laughs> and then leave? What do you get? That's, you know, in out. <laughs> also spend, he's worried he spent an extra day in the haram. Imagine, imagine I end up praying five more salawat in the No, 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 why about I have work in Australia. This is the mood, the style of our life, the mentality that we have. Male and female. This is the sicknesses of the heart. This is why my brothers, at least, at least repent to Allah. At least, don't worry about, don't worry about as bad, but what, for, uh, for one second, close your eyes and ask yourself this very important question. Is it true? Do I really believe in my heart that if Allah invites me, no one can stop me? Yes. If you say no, you have to leave this dars and go attend the aqidah dars. You, don't have to, you have to go back to Islam. We say, no, you have a problem. Yes, if Allah wants me, of course, Allah, I will go. So what's the barrier between you and Hajj now? Visa? Saudi government? The website? Musuk? What's the barrier? Answer me. What's the barrier? Allah, Allah is the barrier. Allah Azza wa Jal is the one that controls it. It's like has, Allah has this button. Kun fayakun. Do you want Hajj? If Allah says yes, bang, you're in Hajj. If Allah says no, then no. But did I even knock on the door? Did I even, did I even shed one? Did one tea come out of my eyes in Tahajjud saying, Ya Allah, please don't deprive me of Hajj this year? The tea came, but it was a Netflix movie. <laughs> it wasn't for Hajj. It was the new series, you know? The tea came, but why? Because my business did not make the profit I anticipated. Some people are crying. I saw the other day a brother crying, brother, what's wrong? He goes, brother, they're going to take my house. Inflation. Tease, tease. I can't pay my mortgage. Anyone here, my brothers, cries because the season will come 
and he won't be in Hajj. I'm telling you, in COVID years, when we were banned from travel, when many of us could not go to Hajj at all, I saw, I have a dead heart, but I saw one brother in the Hajj time. He couldn't leave, he could not leave his home. He couldn't leave his home. He was crying day and night. He could not understand or comprehend how this year he's not going to go to Hajj. Tears, crying, crying, crying. Like a, hand, like a handicapped cripple, like someone, like his son died. And me and you, my brothers, Allah, brother. Oh, brother. Are you on Hajj? Look at the responses. Go tonight, tomorrow. And just with your eyes, record people's body language. Say someone, I go to Hajj, see? And look at the shrugs. But I'm asking a question, I want to make a movie. What are you making a movie for? Are you on Hajj, see? What's that? Animation? I'm not asking for animation. I'm asking you a simple question. Are you going Hajj? Sound. We get sounds in the response. Brother, I don't want sounds. Yes or no? No, Chef. Why not? And look at the... the uh, some brothers, they have some experience. Most, most people know. Why no? Why no? Because I never intended Hajj. That's the reality. Really? I never thought about it. It didn't cross my mind. And some people have some experience. Brother, why did you go to Hajj this year? Why did you go to Hajj this year? Come with the Oh, brother, have you heard? Well, the people that applied, people that applied, the package is finished in, you know, in one day. One hour, the packages were finished. Brother, have you tried? No. <laughs> Sounds again. Brother, why haven't you tried? Ah, oh, brother, I don't have the money. Okay. You don't have the money for the package. There's other ways, there's other means. Nah, nah. Sounds, this, that. Brother, the truth of the matter is you, in your heart, Allah knows you never wanted to go. If you wanted to go, Wallahi, this will not be your stay. So please, my brothers, for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal, every year, without fail, from the beginning of the year, from after, if you miss this Hajj, as soon as the Hajj finishes and you attend Eid and you realize you are not on Arafat, start crying for next year. And every year like that, Ya Allah, please, Ya Allah, don't deprive me of Hajj this year. This should be the heart of the believer. If this is not the case, red, red alarms and red flags should be ringing that you, something is wrong with your heart. Your heart is sick. You need rehab. You know? Your heart is a married heart. And then, if I don't make it to Hajj this year, if Allah Azza wa Jal does not allow me to go to Hajj this year, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows not everyone in the Ummah will be accepted for Hajj every year. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made a compensation system. Okay, you're not going to be on Arafat this year, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still made a great opportunity for everyone who falls back. 
to get similar rewards if not more. How? What are you on about? What's more than Hajj? The Prophet said, ما من أيام العمل الصالح فيها أحب إلى الله من هذه العشر. The first ten days of the Hijjah. There are no days where good deeds and good actions are more beloved to Allah than these ten days. So the Sahaba said this. When he said these words, the response of the Sahaba was this. Not even jihad fi sabilillah. فَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَلَا الْجِهَادِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Not even jihad fi sabil Allah is better than the good deeds in these ten days. إِلَّا There's only one exception. إِلَّا رَجُلٌ خَرَجَ بِنَفْسِهِ وَمَالِهِ فَلَمْ يَرْجَعْ مِنْ ذَلِكَ بِشَيْءٍ Except a man who left fi sabil Allah, to fight fi sabil Allah, with his wealth and his nafs, and returned with neither. يعني he lost all his money fi sabil Allah, and lost his life fi sabilillah. Maybe this is exception. But every other amal, no, the good deeds in these 10 days are superseding. They're stronger. So the ulama said, imagine someone, a good heart, who's been begging Allah to go to Hajj, and for some reason Allah does not accept him. And this guy is genuine. He was really, really genuine in his intention. And he fell behind. He could not make it to Hajj. Then how do you think this person should be in the first 10 days of the Hijjah? And he, on, uh, you know, he should be like the Energizer Bunny. He should be like, you know, on hype. خلاص, I can't make it to Hajj, but at least I will catch on to these Hujjaj. I'll catch on to these people with A'mal, fasting. All good deeds are loved in these 10 days. Fasting, dhikr, Qur'an, ibadah. All forms of any amal pleasing to Allah gets multiplied and multiplied multiples beyond your perception and understanding. Then you fast on the day of Arafat, which is the ninth of the Hijjah, you fast one day, one day. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives one year before that day and one year after that day. Look at the mercy of Allah. One day of fasting. And still every year some people miss that day. The ninth of the Hijjah. Still some people don't fast they unaware, uneducated, lazy, forgot to have suhoor, any stupid excuse. This is why my brothers, please, for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal, if you want to be accepted in these blessed months and blessed seasons, then be one of the two. Either you'll be on the mountain Arafat, inshallah, in Hajj, crying and begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. Or if you can't make it for whatever reason, then at least in the first 10 days of the Hijjah, you are a machine. You drop all dunya, drop all desires, and focus on worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these 10 days, until the day of Eid. And Muslims celebrate Eid 
two Eid we celebrate after seasons of worship. Because our celebration is not about partying. We celebrate the mercy of Allah, the rahmah of Allah, the reward of Allah. This is why our two Eids, one Eid is after the first ten nights, the last ten nights of Ramadan, and one Eid is after the first ten days of the Hijjah. When we go hard, we celebrate the forgiveness of Allah. قُلْ بِفَضِّ اللَّهِ وَبَرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِّمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ It's better than all the dunya that people are gathering. The mercy and reward from Allah Azza wa Jal. So please, my brothers, don't want to push any further. Some, some brother will say, Shaykh, is it too late to go to Hajj? Brother, it's never late. How many days are left for Hajj? Two months. Hmm? Less than two months. No, less. 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 Oh, yes. Today, Eid is approximately, you'll be the 28th of June. So the first 10 days of the Hijjah should start around the 18th of June. So in seven days, all right, eight days, the first 10 days of the Hijjah will start. All right. So remember, 18th of June, around. Of course, we follow moon sighting, not only in Ramadan, global and this and that. If you're a genuine Muslim, if you know what you're talking about, I want to see the announcements. Our brothers, alhamdulillah, you know, moon was sighted for the Hijjah. And then these 10 days, they go hardcore. So they're still around 20 days, let's say, for Hajj. All right? No one in the world can stop you. I'm telling you, in 24 hours, you can find yourself going to Hajj. Don't say to me, how? Don't come to me. Some people say, how? Some people say, brick wall. Brother, there's no how. Brother, there's no how. There's only, if Allah Azza wa wants you, Allah will make a way. Don't ask about the how. The how will come. First, what has to be fixed? He, you know? No one in the world can stop you. And now, alhamdulillah, Saudi Arabia is open. You know? If you want to go to the Maharagana Riyadh, uh, Amr Diab, uh, Maria Kari, whatever her name is, you know, all the festivals are happening. You know? What's her name? Maria? Whatever her name is. It's our generation, I don't know. Khalas? Ah, you know everything. Do you understand what I'm saying or not? If you want to make it, no one can stop you. If you don't want to make it, you don't want to make it. All of us ready, inshallah? The what? It's the clipping of the nails and the cutting of the hair. Anyone that has an intention to do an udhiyah, to slaughter an animal, as a sunnah of Muhammad to slaughter an animal on the day of Eid, then from the first of the hijjah, you should not cut your nails like a person in ihram. That's your ihram. You don't cut your nails, you don't cut your hair, you know, like you are in a state of ihram because you're in a dahi at the end of the 10 days, you know? Yeah. You know, affan yani for 10 days. Subhanakallahumma wa hamdulillah, ishadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiru wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.